Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I've been very, very excited lately, getting in the baseball mood here. Less than a month away from spring training and the reported opening of camps down in Arizona and in Florida. It doesn't look like it's going to be that great for the Red Sox, but I'm still excited to talk about it nonetheless. To help me do that and piggyback a lot of what we talked about yesterday, Sarah Langs from MLB.com. Sarah, thanks for being with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Always, always great to talk baseball. Well, before we get into the Red Sox specifically, let's talk about one of their biggest rivals. The Blue Jays had an unbelievably weird 24 hours. They get Kirby Yates and they get George Springer. Then they get Michael Brantley and then they lose Michael Brantley. So I guess where do you, you know, the Blue Jays, they're going for it. Uh, How good do you think that team can be? Absolutely. They are really going for it. It's really exciting to see. I mean, I I know this is Red Sox country that I'm talking to, but uh, certainly, you know, we've seen all these young players, the sons of the Biggio and Bichette and Vlad Guerrero and Guriel, son of a Cuban, Cuban legend. And it's just really exciting to see them finally putting it all together. I mean, I think that we sort of saw the beginnings of this last offseason when they signed Hunjin Ryu, and I'm not yeah. sure that everyone was expecting that. I think that was considered a little bit out of left field. And he isn't necessarily the age where they can continue building toward the future and have him really play a role for them in the postseason. He is older. So that was a signal that they are building towards the now. And as you were saying, very odd, uh, you know, in the midst of the inauguration, honestly, and there were a lot of jokes of not now, Canada, uh, (laughs) we saw that they were signing Michael Brantley, then it ended up uh, that that wasn't what was happening. But I don't think that getting Brantley or not is really what's going to change their outlook or, you know, really the perception of their offseason. I think signing Springer is huge. I mean, that's the big splash that you really want to see a team make when they're really trying to go for it, but they do need more pitching. I mean, Ryu is, you know, an absolutely, uh, you know, outstanding pitcher. He's older, but he's certainly the ace. But everyone else is pretty young or it's Tanner Roark and Robbie Ray. So I think that they need another sort of, you know, stalwart in that rotation. And with so many outfielders, it seems like one of those trades that everyone's going to know exactly what it's going to be before it happens almost. You know, it's interesting, I think, the pace of the rebuild. Um, The Blue Jays had three losing seasons in a row. Last year, they make it. This year, they're going for it. White Sox, three losing seasons. Last year, they make it. This year, they're going for it. I think Seattle's kind of on that same track. You know, uh, well, they'll probably be bad again this year, but they might be good starting next year. So those teams turn it around relatively quickly. Then I look at the Padres, who are getting all the press. They had nine consecutive losing seasons. I greatly prefer what the Blue Jays are doing in terms of the pace of their rebuild. I certainly think from a fan perspective, that's a lot more intriguing. I mean, they're not, as you're saying, they're not that far removed from the Joey Bats bat flip and those postseason runs. I mean, the 2016 World Series, it was almost them, right? Mm -hmm. That was game seven. That was Ryan Merritt for the Indians. If not for that, we have the Blue Jays in the World Series in 2016 against the Cubs. I do think that it's certainly, you know, better for a fan base, uh, as I said. But I do think that if you're thinking about exactly what you're building and whether you're building a dynasty or whether you're building a team that's going to make the playoffs like, you know, four years in a row, which to me isn't a dynasty unless you win all four World Series. I think that what the Padres are doing maybe has the potential to be a little bit more long term, Mm. uh, only because there's a lot more present youth kind of all at the same time, all at the same age. We haven't even seen Mackenzie Gore as a starter. Uh, there are pitchers down there. They had so many prospects that they could make all of those trades. We saw them make, yeah. you know, for Blake Snell and for you, Darvish. But that's not to knock the Blue Jays whatsoever. I mean, I also just think they started from a different point. 
But it's very interesting to see how I think all of these rebuilds, you know, if whether the teams want to call them that or not, take on such different forms. Uh, you know, I mean, you even get the Yankees managed to rebuild with like one season yeah. missing the playoffs. And that's a unique Yankee thing that pretty much only they can do. But you see it in pretty much any form or flavor. Sarah Langs, MLB.com with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEV Radio.com. Moving to the Red Sox. Um they're in a weird spot. They're, they have enough good players that they're probably not capable of completely tanking, but they don't have enough good players that they're going to be a playoff team in my mind. So my idea is build around Devers and Bogarts, and everybody else is expendable to me at this point. I'd trade J.D. Martinez and Benatendi and Erod if I could. What do you think the Red Sox should do? Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree absolutely that they're in that sort of weird spot. And, and you look to the Blue Jays, you know, who you mentioned before, and seeing teams like that making incremental or larger improvements definitely affects that. I think that the Rays are going to be a little bit worse this year. Yeah. Uh, not just because of Snell necessarily, but they're, you know, I mean, Charlie Morton, there, there are so yeah. many guys who have been such contributors for them, even just in small spurts. So I think that the Rays have a chance to maybe be in the Red Sox echelon, maybe a little bit better to, than them, as opposed to the last few years. <laughs> Back to the Red Sox. I, I do think that they are in that weird spot. Um, we've been hearing all these rumors about a Benintendi trade. I do think it makes sense. Uh, I agree with you that the two individuals on the Major League roster right now that who are most worth building around are certainly Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts. You know, I wonder, and we don't know this, but I wonder how much they might have explored the potential of a Bogarts trade last year, if not for everything else going on. His no trade clause based on his uh, service time kicked in on like September 4th, Mm. which, you know, changed things significantly. But I wonder if they were at all looking at trying to do that beforehand. Obviously that also coincides with the trade deadline was August 31st, but he, you know, we have so many shortstops coming up and he's a top five shortstop in the game right now. And so many shortstops who are about to be free agents. And I wonder if a team would have been interested in trading for him with that contract in order to have someone on the books for a couple of years. Uh, but now that that did not happen, it does make sense to continue to try to build around him. You know, Ben Charrington had a plan for the Red Sox back in the early 2010s. And he built up that farm system that helped be the core that won the 2018 title. He didn't get to see that title in 2018. How long of a leash does Heim Bloom have? Is he going to see the end of this Red Sox kind of reimagining? You know, it's always so interesting to evaluate in these media markets where there's just so much coverage, right? We're talking about the New Yorks and Bostons, Phillies, mm-hmm. places like that. I mean, I am of the opinion that Hyam Bloom is very, very good at his job, you know, and he's very good at making these kind of player evaluation decisions. He was in an impossible spot that he got hired and the first job was you have to trade Mookie. You know, I, I don't yeah. think that that's his fault. Obviously, fans may feel differently, but that was the job, you know, and that was the first thing on the list. That's how it was. But I, I certainly think he deserves at least enough of a leash to put together maybe this mini rebuild or maybe we need another word for that, you know, like where you don't fully get to the bottom, but you need to find a way to increase and get a little bit better from sort of the middling area. Um, And that does take time and that does take, you know, a patience for prospects, guys who are traded for Jeter Downs, whoever else it might be to get to the point where they are at the majors, they are at the AAA level and we are seeing whether or not they were actually worth whatever happened. Um, So I I certainly think that he has more time left, but, you know, I'm not necessarily privy to, you know, the way that that all goes down just in terms of how he's covered necessarily. What did you think of Sam Kennedy yesterday? He told the Boston Globe that 
we're not really trying to go all in in 2021. And it's easy for us to see, but as a fan, you might not like it, but I at least appreciate the honesty. We're, we, we get so little transparency in sports from ownership. I actually appreciated it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am at this point feel very far removed from really putting myself into a fan's mentality mm. for any team. Um, so I, <laughs> I agree, you know, yeah, I'm sure fans maybe don't want to hear that. But I agree with you. I'd rather know that and adjust expectations accordingly. And I think that we've seen in all sports, but especially in baseball, with teams like the Padres, with teams like the Astros, with how they, you know, what they did in 2013 yep. and prior to the World Series title, we've seen that there are value, there is value in those kinds of years, you know, and that has to do with the structure, that has to do with the draft, that has to do with how everything works, it has to do with the fact that the Yankees are still pretty good right now, though they could use another starting pitcher, yeah. and it has to do with the fact that the Blue Jays are getting better, so I think that, you know, as a fan, it, it should allow a fan to adjust expectations, not be frustrated if you finish in third or fourth place, and you know, really understand what what is to come. So I, I certainly, as someone who's just, you know, evaluating the game as a whole, um, I, I would rather hear something like that. Sarah Langs, MLB.com with us here on the Brady Farkas Show. Sarah, I'll get you out of here on this um, disturbing information that came out this week about now former Mets general manager Jared Porter, who Red Sox fans are now relearning about because he was here for 12 years in various front office capacities. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what is the experience like of a woman covering um, a male-dominated sport in a relatively male-dominated industry? Absolutely. Um, you know, I've been very lucky in my career that I really have not had any sort of interaction that comes anywhere close to that level of discomfort and abuse or anything else. Uh, yeah. But I know that I'm lucky. And I know from, you know, fellow female reporters, colleagues of mine, others who I've spoken to that, you know, th these things do happen. And I think you saw with the reaction from reporters, you know, veteran, veteran reporters on Twitter uh, on the day when this all broke, saying that, you know, they weren't necessarily surprised. Yeah. Uh, and that's not to say that these things are happening constantly and that everyone cannot get through their day without something horrible happening. But it is kind of something that's in the background and always there. Uh, but I, I will say that, you know, for my own personal career, um, you know, it, <laughs> people talk about smaller things. You know, I mean, I work, I have a very different kind of role um, than a lot of the people who have had difficult experiences. I don't really need sources. Uh, I research stats, right? Yeah. And if I'm talking to a player, it's much more about, you know, how hard are you hitting the ball lately? Uh, so it's just it's just a very different experience. Um, but, you know, I would say for all sports, you know, there's certainly a lot of room for a lot of improvement by a lot of different people. But I you know, my biggest concern is that stories like this and these experiences, um, I hope that they don't deter young women who are interested in doing these things because they are true. And, you know, I'm, we absolutely cannot deny that these things happen, but things are being worked on. You know, bringing something like this to light helps, you know, future people uh, and especially future young women. Well said on all accounts and great information up and down the entirety of our interview. Sarah Langs from MLB.com taking a look at the Red Sox and now the Red Sox opponents, all of which are leaving them in the dust. So they're still the <laughs> Orioles, though, Red Sox fans. They're still the <laughs> Orioles. So maybe we can get a couple of wins out of that this season. So, Sarah, we appreciate it. We will definitely do it again sometime. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.